Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for being here today on the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Our guest today is David Schreiner Khan from Smashing the Plateau. David, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Cheryl. Great to be here. So I like to just give our audience a little bit of a background about David and Smashing the Plateau. And if you could just give us a brief overview of uh, those two things. Yeah, absolutely. So my career story is I spent the first 28 years of my career as an employee, first as an engineer for the first four to five years of my career, then in the nonprofit sector, in management and leadership roles. And then 16 years ago in, in 2006, I left employment and started a solo consulting business that has evolved over the years and particularly through content creation, primarily podcasting, which I started in 2014. That has led to a focus on helping consultants build their business following a late career job loss. And we launched a membership community for consultants earlier this year in January, 2022. So David, you transferred from engineering uh, non-for-profit world to being an entrepreneur. What was the impetus for that, that switch over? So the first switch from engineer to nonprofit, I was doing well as an engineer. And just after my second performance review, which was a very positive performance review, and I got a big raise, my boss called me into his office and he said, David, I have good news and bad news. The good news is you're doing a great job. The bad news is you don't have a job here anymore. Wow. And the, the reality is I was young and naive and not paying attention to the actual business of the company that I worked for. I was doing engineering, solving doing engineering job, problems. Right? Doing, doing my job, right? Doing my job. well. And I didn't realize that the company had lost a lot of business and then had a big layoff. And so I, I was one of the victims along with many other staff members. I did a lot of soul searching. I, I was looking ahead at, you know, do I really want to do this for another 30 or 40 years? And actually, there were a lot of layoffs going on in my industry, um, particularly workers that were in their 50s that were a little short of being fully vested in their pension plans, because back in those days, companies had pension plans. And I'm like, I, I want to do this. So um, I was thinking, at least let me see if there's a way I can make a living doing something that I like better. Maybe there'll be you know, better security, maybe not, but at least I'll, I'll feel better about the work. That's when I ended up in the nonprofit sector. Nice. And you know, that experience really stayed with me and it colored a lot of what I did following that. And I also paid close attention to other layoffs that were going on around me in the workplace during my entire career. And I saw that in the not-for-profit not sector, many organizations behaved not all that much differently than public corporations or businesses in the private sector where loyalty to employees was not always that great. And I really wanted to have more control over my destiny. Um, I wanted to be in charge of figuring out how to actually put money in the bank. So the linear career progression for me would have been, you know, after I'd been in the nonprofit sector for over two decades, it would have been to go to a bigger organization in a similar role or a higher level role in a similar size organization and 
I had decided that what I really wanted to do was just become a solo consultant. I had hired many consultants over the course of my career. I had friends that were consultants. I figured, you know, I could do the same thing I'm doing now. I liked what I was doing. I was good at it. Let me just do it for multiple clients rather than doing it for one employer. And the trigger was that I did get pushed out of my last job. I saw it coming about a year before it happened. There was a new CEO and it was pretty clear that, yeah, there was some duplication of skill sets between me and the new CEO. We got along well to say, you know, as far as these exits are concerned, the agency was about as gracious as as one might hope for. Mm-hmm. Yet it was it was the actual trigger that caused me to open my business. Right. Um, and also it was really painful and it was traumatic. And the, the thing that I, you know, years later I reflected back on the fact that I didn't tell anybody that I that my job was terminated. I just said that I was leaving and I was starting a consulting business. Right. And most people that knew me were like really surprised and like, well, why are you doing this? You you've been at the same agency for 18 years. You know, you're well-respected in the field. What's behind this? And then they would say, well, what are you going to do for health insurance? And I'm like, well, you know, I could buy it. But, you know, this kind of ties into what I had done much later in my consulting business when I started my podcast in 2014, Smashing the Plateau, and started digging deeper into what does it take for people that are selling their expertise primarily as consultants, coaches, or, or some kind of solo or very small professional service business? What does it take for them to be successful? And I discovered that my journey was actually quite common and that there were many people that I had known for a long time that were successful in their consulting business that started their business when I got fired. David, you mentioned about, you know, the journey and how everyone's journey is kind of unique. And I love hearing the stories. I mean, that's what the podcast is all about, the the story of the journey. So And your journey, of course, was unique, just like everyone else's. But tell us a little bit now about post making that leap of faith into entrepreneurship and building the business and a little bit about how you interact with your clients. So, Cheryl, I started my consulting business knowing what kind of work I wanted to do and what kinds of clients I wanted to serve. So I wanted to serve nonprofit organizations, particularly those that were weak in their finances and their operations. That was my strength. But what I didn't have was a plan on lead generation, anything to do with marketing and sales. I knew about finance and operations. That was what I was good at. So when it came to like looking at my business's P&L, I was fine, which is um, you know not the case with many people starting out. Now you're um, talking so- my language. <laughs> Right. So, so all of that stuff I understood quite well, but I was clueless about how to actually go about getting clients. And I, and right. I didn't have any clients day one. I was starting from scratch. Yeah. And it's funny because so many conversations I have with entrepreneurs, they go into business, I always say, to build their widget. They're good at whatever, whatever that thing is. And they don't realize that we have to wear all those hats, the finance, the marketing, the IT, all those other things that come along with it. But we're good at what we do and we love what we do. Right. It's like the classic e-myth story. And and Mm -hmm. I had no problem wearing all the hats. I just like, like with many of these, these things, we know what we know, we know what we don't know. And our our plans are based on those things. We don't know what we don't know. And so like, I had a real epiphany about a year into my business. And by the way, I did get clients fairly early on primarily through my network, which is how most consultants get started. Um, I had an epiphany, a friend of mine who had a similar trajectory, leaving decades of employment and starting 
her own business, invited me to attend a business networking event. And I had never been to an event like that. It was a, um, a BNI meeting. Many, many people I think are familiar with the, the BNI business networking model. I walked into the room and I was, I was really blown away by the fact that here were, you know, there were probably 30 people in the room, all of whom were there to try to help their colleagues get leads through word of mouth marketing. And I thought, oh, this is brilliant. And I joined. And that was really a game changer for me when it came to marketing and sales, because it forced me to be much clearer on my positioning. When I had to get up and, and give my first commercial, I was kind of clueless about how to do it. And I'm sure it showed, but I got up and did it anyway. And I, I started to, um, to focus on, on how do I actually create a a sensible elevator pitch that I can give in less than 60 seconds? And who do I actually want to serve? And how do I find those people? And how do I speak to those people? What are their pain points? So I started to learn a lot about marketing as a result of that. And um, I started picking up some private business clients as a result as well. So you know, at the same time, I, my business shifted from just serving nonprofits to serving many of the kinds of folks that were both in the room at BNI and those people that they knew, which were mostly small businesses and frankly, many solo businesses like mine. So right. I ended up over time, not intentionally, but I ended up over time kind of becoming an expert in how you build a solo consulting business, particularly when you have a career trajectory like mine, where you spend 20 plus years in the, the organizational world, whether it's in, you know, large corporations, you know, small to mid-sized businesses, the nonprofit sector, but then you go from being an employee to being an entrepreneur. And, right. and you right, you could stay in the same discipline, but your mindset has to be totally different. You know, one of the things I say is when you're an employee, if you're wrong more than 10% of the time, you get in trouble. And when you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> if you're right more than 10% of the time, you're doing really well. It's like, right. it's, it's totally different. And you know, the, the kinds of, of activities that you need, need to be involved in are totally different. But Your I focus always, needs I, to be very different. I always say though, too, that we need that experience as an employee in order to be the entrepreneur. Like without that experience and the knowledge and maybe having a mentor to guide us and teach us, we wouldn't be prepared to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there's so many things with being an entrepreneur that we're not prepared for anyway, but you need that basis. You need those, those lessons. And some of them are life lessons. Some of them are business lessons. There's so much that goes into our lives. That point of making that transition is at the time when we're ready. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Cheryl. So I pulled a quote off your website, which I absolutely love. And I just want to share it with our audience. And maybe you can comment afterwards. But it's, it's on the Smashing the Plateau website under the private community. Relationships with your peers is the foundation here. This is because we've heard and seen just how lonely a journey it can be for high achieving professionals to go from employment to consulting. I love that quote because it is lonely being an entrepreneur and we need those like-minded business professionals around us, not necessarily to be clients, not necessarily to be someone that we hire to coach us, but just to have those conversations and throw ideas back and forth. Yeah, when you think about it, when you're in an organization as an employee, you have these water cooler conversations. 
whether right. they're structured or unstructured. And you go from a place where you are, particularly if you're a high achiever, you go from a place where your calendar is always full, your inbox is overflowing, you're overwhelmed with the amount of things you need to do, and you have this built-in social structure, and then you walk out the door, again, whether it's literal or, or figurative, you walk out the door, and all of a sudden, your inbox is empty, your calendar is empty, and you're spending all this time alone, and your friends, quote-unquote, friends from your your job, your last job, suddenly start to ghost you. All kinds of things go through your head. So literally, it is lonely, especially at the beginning, but also you're trying to figure all these new things out. And you need people to talk to about what you're going through. So, so, so you know what it is you need to figure out. I can't tell you how many times in the community, someone has suggested something and someone else goes, oh, I never even thought of that. That's such right. a great idea. Right. You know, it's so, bringing great those, lines together. Exactly. And, and everyone, again, everyone's experience is a little bit different, but we've all experienced it. Exactly. So, David, thank you so much for being here today. Just share with our audience how they get in touch with you and any last minute comments or things you want to share with our audience. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So smashingtheplateau.com is the repository of everything related to what we're doing. We have many hundreds of podcast episodes on all topics related to entrepreneurship, particularly for consultants, coaches, and so professionals. And we also have information about the Smashing the Plateau community where like-minded folks spend a lot of time. Thank you again, David, for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you to our audience for tuning in to Pathways to Profitability podcast. Have a wonderful day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 